I love it when people have got a mission behind a song. You know, it's not just I've got a voice, let's make some music and let's make some money. Even in the gospel industry, that a lot of that is true. But when someone starts with something on their heart, then we've got to tell that story. Someone like that would be Delarise Ubad. Hello, Delarise. How are you doing? I'm very good in you, Janine. Fine and fabulous. Thank you very much. Okay, we're going to introduce you first. Because all we know so far is that you can sing and that you love Jesus. Um, but if you had to introduce yourself personality-wise and what you do for a living and that kind of stuff, who are you? Um, I am just Delarise. Um, I'm passionate for what I do for Jesus. I am the wife of Murnai Yubar, the very handsome Murnai, <laughs> and the mother of um, 16-year-old Ankri, Princess Ankri. She doesn't like it when I call her Princess anymore. But yeah, she's just my princess. In the family business, the name is Hope. And when we decided on a name for the business, we decided on something that my father used to tell us. And in Afrikaans, he said, God het alles onder beheer. And that's how we decided that this is how we are going to lead our lives with God having all control over our lives. And I think for me, personality-wise, I'm just passionate. Um, I don't tolerate not being right in line with Christ. I'm a black and white person. Mm -hmm. Things are either right or it's wrong. Yeah, yeah. And I just love Jesus. Ah. You see, I love that we start with the Word of God. Seriously, anyone can say they're a Christian, but it's how serious they are about the Word of God to me. That's the big clue into how much we love Jesus, is to actually do what He says. Um, So to be led by Him, definitely. Um, I want to find out how you got to know him in the first place, because to be so passionate about someone, they must have done something or, or he must have impressed you a lot. Uh, Janine, you know what? It sounds like such a cliche. For me, also like a lot of other people, I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, my father was a pastor and, you know, in a very strict Christian home, um, I was brought up and my dad, he was very ill and we saw a very bad side of, because being a pastor's kid can either bring out the best in you or it can make you such a rebel. And from a young age, I decided that everything that's going to happen to me, I'm going to use it for the good. I started knowing Christ when I was really very little. God used to speak to me in dreams. I always used to see myself just climbing into heaven on the staircase into heaven. And I'd like a little girl, I would just run to the father and get onto his lap. Wow. And there you would hug me. I always wanted to stay. And, you know, life happened and yeah, being also a rebel, things just got out of hand for me because I really saw a lot of bad things. Everybody believes that the pastor's kid must be the best. Um, they must perform at their best. The pastor and their wife and the children, they, everything must just be good. There's no sin. There's no, there's no illness. Everything is just you know, straight and narrow. And you know what? Being also just a person, just being a child um, in this world, I've experienced a lot of hurt. And 
but always I wanted to stay close to God. And I think at the end of the day, when my father passed away, the same day that I, that, that my dad passed away, I got onto his lap. He was still sitting out on the porch and I got onto my dad's lap, so like, and really my own dad. <laughs> he was so very ill. And he asked me and he said, you know, it's time that you let go of me as your hero. You must grab on to God and not always look up to me. Oh, you must wow. see God as your hero. And that was, that was very, very hard on me. Um, because my dad was my everything. You know, I never heard him shout at my mom once. When they had a fight, they used to go into the room. And if I think about it now, people think we had these perfect lives and we didn't. Um, but there was such a lot of pain that grabbed our family together and we were able to stand together and oh, we just loved each other. And I think being in love with my dad like that made me in love with Father God more. And not everybody has that privilege. If I look at things that's happening in the world right now and I see the father figures, I say, Father, but how can these people see a father in you like I do when these are the homes that they grew up in, when they don't see the father figures anymore? And I was privileged enough to see what the father heart of God was in my dad. And that taught me how to love God unconditionally. And that also taught me that he loved me first. He loved me like a father would pick up his little daughter on his shoulders and, and will just, she will just be his pride and joy and he will brag with her everything, everywhere he goes. And that is how I see the father heart of God, that he wants to brag with us. He's got such love with us and he's got such such a vast amount of thoughts for us. I read in Psalm 139 the other day, he said, the thoughts that he has for us are countless. It's more than the sand in the desert. And I can't seem to find it right now, but I'm sure you'll find it. But it's the sum of them. He says, how vast is the sum of them? Where, where, where I count them, they would outnumber the grains of the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. How precious is that just to know that that is how much the Father loves us, that his thoughts about us are unconditional. It's more than what we even can think or dream. That is just something so special to me. Yeah. You know what? Um, we were talking about fatherhood, and obviously in South Africa, that's a huge, huge issue with this whole fatherless nation um, and fatherless generation that we have. And um, when I was younger – we also had all kinds of issues in our family. And I asked God, why must I have respect for my parents? If they don't deserve it, that's what the world says. Someone has to deserve respect for you to have respect for them. And God yes. answered me very, very clearly. It was like this cold bucket of ice over me. He says, because they represent him. So us as a mom or a dad, we literally, doesn't matter what kind of mom or dad we are, we represent the father's heart and that as a yes. child, I, rep I, I honor God by honoring my parents. But as a parent, to be a parent that, that your children will have a, um, a, 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 the wrong idea of who God is, 
you can't help it. They will have a yes. wrong idea of who God is if we're not a good parent, if we don't reflect God's love and his faithfulness and his honesty, you know, his credibility and his support and all of that that a parent has. Um, they will have a warped idea and it'll be so hard for them to trust God as a father um, because of our example. So when you're talking about this thing about your dad that was such a great father, we had an interview as well with Heinz and Aleta Winkler. And she said yes, that a dad must be the king, the priest and the prophet in the house, but specifically yes. has to be a father that his wife and his children can look up to. Yes. And that Absolutely. is the reason why. So what you're saying yes. here is so, so important. Yeah, you know what? It makes me so sad when I see the things happening here. And and if I if I have to speak about my own marriage, you know what? I never respected my husband. Mm. I didn't because I was strong in Christ. And I think <laughs> and the the word says it so perfectly. It says one thing that the father hates is a prideful heart. Oh yeah. And I think that sometimes we get so. Hear me, hear my heart if I say this. I think we get so holy that we forget about the work of Christ. Mm. That we forget about what is Christ's heart for his people. And we get prideful in ourselves. So when we got married, um, I didn't respect my husband for who he was because he wasn't a Christian. He was a Christian, brought up in a Christian home, but he wasn't a child of God that had that same relationship that I had. So I looked down on my husband and I didn't give him enough respect as he would have been. It was only after a couple of years and also in the same stage that my father passed away that my dad said, you have to see God as your hero. But in that same time, in the, on that same day, he says, and you have to respect your husband as you would have respected me. Your husband must be your hero now with God alongside. And that was very, very hard for me because I couldn't look up to my husband at that stage as being my hero. I couldn't look up to him for leading me, for being the prophet, being the priest in my house. And it was only, yeah, I, one thing I regret is that I wasted so many years of looking down on my husband mm -hmm. as not being able to lead me to Christ and with Christ. It was only after a couple of years that, that God brought me to a place that he said, now you are going to surrender and you are going to be totally dependent on me and your husband. And I just said, Lord, I am a strong, I'm a strong woman. I am a leader. I can't follow other people. I can't follow my husband. How must I do that? How can I? And the same thing that you said, how can I have respect for him as being the prophet, the priest and the leader in my house? If he can't respect me, if he can't, if he can't have that same passion for you as what I do. And still God said to me, but you have to now surrender. And it was only after I said, okay, Father, now I will totally surrender. I will totally be dependent on you. And for a while there, when, when I left my job, um, yeah, my, maybe it was just stupid to say, okay, now I will leave my job and follow Christ and do, just do what he says. Because my husband sometimes he says, Valerice, you are really being too naive. God gave you a mind to think. Uh -huh. But I also know that God says where he will lead, I need to follow. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? If I just think about everything that I had to sacrifice to come into the perfect will of God, 
and I'm still not there. Sometimes I really struggle. I'm just a human. I really struggle sometimes. And last year I said, Father, you said you will bring me through. You said you anointed me and you appointed me and you you wanted to take me to places, but I don't see it. I now have to totally surrender to him and then come in the perfect will of where he said, you know, a wife and a husband must be under God. And what Aleta said, she said, if you do marriage the way God explains how it should be done in the word, there is no chance at all that it will fail. If we do it the way the okay. owner's manual says, then your car will work and the marriage yes. will work. It is a given to do God's way brings life and life in abundance. Okay, but I have it's to ask absolutely. you, what, what do you mean? So God says you submit to your husband and your heart yes. isn't there yet. <laughs> You're just being obedient now. I'm trying to understand um, practically what did that mean? Okay, so my father passed away, and three years after that, my mother passed away. The day that my father passed away, she couldn't do anything for herself. She didn't know how to use a bank card. She didn't know how to be dependent on herself. She was 56 when my father passed away, and she was totally dependent on me. And right there and then, I made a decision that I will never be dependent on a man like my mother was with my father, ever. If my husband passed on now, I need to be able to stand on my own two feet and look after what I need to be doing, whatever it takes. I need to be able to stand on my own two feet. And you know what, Janine? I was able to do that. And my husband doesn't like it when I tell people the story because I made him feel worthless. Hmm. And I'm so sorry for that. I made my husband feel bad for not being enough for us. Um, for not being able to take care of us like he wanted to or being the godly figure in my marriage like he wanted to be. For always comparing him with other people, for comparing him with God. And that's wrong. That's not God, what God wanted for us as as married couple. Um, yeah, I just get emotional when I think of all the all the wrong things that I did I got to a place where I had to decide. It's now either me or my family or us as a family and God. And when I realized how many wrong things I have said, not only over my husband, but over my child, over our marriage, over myself, and when I got sick myself from that, and God really got to a place to me when I decided, okay, now I fully surrendered to God. And I had to start speaking life into myself when I saw that change. And I saw the change in my husband for him. You know, it's like a lit, a, a fire just lighting up. I saw the change. And still not perfect, but we're working at it every day. Well, you were talking about the words that you mentioned and speaking life or death. And you've got this song. Now, we know the song in English, I Speak Jesus. You've translated yes, it yes. into Afrikaans because you really feel this is something that needs to be said over South Africa. Yes, absolutely. So what happened was uh, when COVID started, I think one of the bad things that's really happened in the spiritual realm is it brought fear to people. Even to people who who knew God, I mean, I knew God. I I have a close relationship with God, and when I 
when I got COVID myself, and because I've got an Im- immune system disease, um, I feared. I feared so many things. I feared the unknown. I wasn't that sick that I had to go to the hospital or something like that. But then one day when I was still in isolation, God spoke to me and he said, but you know what, listen to all the stuff that you're speaking, all these things that you are reading on Google and and you're looking at all the all the symptoms and everything that everybody that's dying and everything that's going bad and wrong in the world. And in that week that I was in isolation, I started just to fill my ears with word, gospel music. And I started reading the word like never in my life before. So for that entire week, that is what I did. Just spending time at the feet of Jesus. And I still believe, because I don't have a very good immune system, I still believe that that is what brought me through everything. And last year, we went to uh, to the specific function. And when I got in there, it was as if my spirit just got upset. If you hear what I'm saying, my ears had but with, with what was whatever was happening at that stage. And when I got in there, there was this one man. He was just speaking bad, um, bad things. You know, he was just speaking death over South Africa. He said, you know what, your daughter is now 15. She's never going to have a future in South Africa. We must prepare everything so that she can get out of the country. And he was speaking death over our economy and just um, over the government and just everything. And it got so bad, Janine. I think I was in his company for about two hours that I really got sick. Mm. I felt nauseous. I got a migraine. I really, really felt sick to my stomach. And for a couple of days after that, I really felt sick. And it was when I, when I took this to, to, to God, I said, God, but this is not who I am. I am not that sick person anymore. I don't have that, that disease, that disease anymore. I am not depressed. So what is happening to me? And God started to reveal to me that the words that we are speaking are bringing life and death over, over our situation. Yes, there is a reality over government in South Africa, or government over all the world right now, because we choose to prefer what we see right here, but it's, it's not good at any place else. But that's the reality. But we know the real talk when we speak about Jesus. We know that he says he's got a future for us. We know that he's our God. We know that there's life. We know that he's got life in abundance for us. We know that he's got a future for us and he wants his children to prosper. But I think sometimes we speak it over ourselves. We bind ourselves in a realm that, that God doesn't want us to be in. He wants us to prosper. He wants us to be healthy. But we bring it our, ourselves. I read in Proverbs 18 verse 21, it says, Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So if I love to speak bad things, if I love to speak death, that's eventually what's going to happen to me. Not to me, but to our country. And is not that not what's happening at this moment? Everywhere we go at the braai, we speak death. We speak death. Have you heard that person doing that? And, oh, I can't see a future for that child because that child is just naughty. But that's what we're speaking over our children right now. 
We are not leading by example by saying things that, yes, we know what's the reality going on, but we know what God wants for us. Mm. We know there's something better. There's something more. And, you know, the importance that we see in the words we, we used, we can see that in James 3. He says the tongue is such a small piece, yet it still has the ability to steer a ship. Is that profound? Just to think that our tongue has the ability to steer our lives into a direction. That is so true. So we're going to do the song. It's Afrikaans for I Speak Jesus, Ak Spreek Jesus, by Della Reese Hubert. And it sounds like this. <laughs> 